a reading from Isaiah. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
from the Gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I 
begin with an annunciation. I announce the soup of the night, which is ratatouille. Still learning the rhythm. Still learning the rhythm. All of my sisters and brothers who grew up with me in some Catholic school, wherever you grew up, and I know there are some of you here, say it with me now. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, my Catholic school was Star of the Sea in Virginia Beach, and then Our Lady of Grace in Greensboro. Now, I didn't realize until I began preparing this homily for tonight just how many years it had been since I had prayed this. In, in my Roman Catholic days, and we're going back about 30 years, which is tough because I'm only 27, <laughs> the Hail Mary was heavy, it was in heavy rotation. Alongside the Lord's Prayer and the Gloria Patri and the Apostles' Creed, I can still envision that first grade classroom with Sister Antoinette at the helm, where we took turns, uh, turns at the front reciting our newly memorized prayers. But over the years, I'd kind of forgotten the Hail Mary. I actually had to look it up to make sure I got the lines right. I suppose, though, we should call it by its more proper Latin name, Ave Maria, since the phrase Hail Mary really belongs to something else in our culture now. It's, right? it's more of a last-ditch effort to achieve something by stroke of luck, namely a bold pass to the end zone, which I dare say warps what it means to ask the mother of Jesus to intercede for us. 
So I find myself asking, I, what exactly was it about this young woman or perhaps this older teenager that God found favorable? Scripture is decidedly vague about what it means. Mary was not, to our knowledge, a member of a prominent family. She was neither of Jewish nor Roman aristocracy. Unlike Joseph, Jesus' adopted, Jesus's adopted father, Mary's ancestral lineage is hidden from history. And thank God for that. Because you, can you imagine the conflict that might have happened if one tribe could trade, claim kinship with Mary and through, her, and through that her son Jesus? Mary was somewhat anonymous. But she was also favored. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But again, what does it mean to have this favor? To be so filled with grace that an angel would visit, carrying a message that the promise of God would grow within her, that the very person of God would grow within her, giving her indigestion and kicking from within, but also linking her body and her soul to the incarnation of God. Had she earned this? How could a lowly young woman have found such favor with the Almighty? Was she so perfectly devout that folk might have come from miles around to witness her pure, unblemished piety? Or did her pure and lowly demeanor mask the heart of a prophet whose belief in God's justice earned her divine favor? The truth is, we don't know. In, the, in a church I served before, there were a number of 1950s-era church school posters that had been framed in a recent redecoration to go into a room in the education wing. Most of these images were fine. I'd be willing to bet every one of you have seen many comparable ones. They were images from Scripture, although admittedly Jesus tended to be a bit on the European side, as we get from that. But I, I think we were generally aware of that, and, and we really just tried to let the Bible story tell itself by hanging these pictures up again. They were pictures labeled, Let the Children Come to Me, uh, Feeding the 5,000. There were always sparrows on Jesus' shoulder in these pictures. And they were a pleasant enough gallery of mid-century piety. But rounding out the set that I always noticed, but I kept my mouth shut because I tried to save my battles for more important things, was a picture of Jesus, the child Jesus rolling up some kind of mat. He was clearly doing a chore of some sort. And the caption was, Jesus helps at home. All right, we've got some people who know scripture around here. Who here can name chapter and verse of Jesus helps at home? Yeah, I don't think that one's in the text. We don't have any scriptural evidence that Jesus was particularly helpful at home. We hope he was. It is an objectively good thing to be good at chores. We're teaching that to our children. But I'm not sure scripture makes a priority of it. But this poster on the wall in this church and in many others, it was there, and I think we know why, 
because for quite a few years, Sunday school was as much about being a good citizen as it was about discipleship and transformation. Now, going back to that first parochial school when I was a first grader, my vague memory of learning about Mary was that she was generally a young woman in the Jesus helps at home model. She was a good girl. She said her prayers. She was innocent and pure, and God took notice of it. We were taught that her innocence and her submission to God made her worthy of this incredible blessing. Therefore, we should strive to do, live the same way. And if we do, we may not become parents of God, but we might just be worthy of a little intercession from the mother of God. My point here is that we like to create backstories to fill in the gaps. And quite often in doing so, we insert our own political, personal, cultural values. More often than not, when we do, we take something that is unknowable and filled with spirit, filled with grace, and reduce it to something far less numinous. Perhaps Mary was not simply a humble, demure, pious young woman. Perhaps she was filled with grace, but it was the kind of grace that is wild, expansive, playful, imaginative, suspicious of power and certainty, hopeful beyond all logic, compassionate, and with the capacity to see and know the presence of the Holy One. Perhaps Mary was a mystic, given to praying with a deep intimacy with God that she had known her whole life. I tend to think she must have been, for who but a mystic gets house calls from angels and knows what to say to them? Perhaps Mary already lived in lively conversation with the Holy Trinity, with the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Christ, even before she or anybody else had a vocabulary for that, even before Gabriel showed up at her door. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Or as our text today reads, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Perhaps the Lord was with Mary in such a particular way because she was already able to delight in that presence instinctively, joyfully, wholeheartedly, and know that the world could be changed through this gift. Perhaps Mary was the first Christian mystic, though admittedly mysticism tends to take a back seat to the realities of parenthood. Who but Mary, in almost the same breath, could proclaim the feeding of the hungry and the scattering of the proud? Who but Mary could teach us how to be amazed by God and how to rejoice in God and how to treasure in our hearts those things that truly matter? Who but a true mystic, whose heart and soul are in a perpetual dance with the Holy Spirit, can be so alive to the presence of God that angels are drawn into that very same dance. Who but Mary can receive those visitors, respond to, the, to their invitation, 
and then draw the whole world into a living relationship with God. stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Let us say together prayer two. Be present, Spirit of God, within us, your dwelling place and home that this house may be one where all darkness is penetrated by your light, and troubles calmed by your peace, all evil redeemed by your love, all pain is transformed in your suffering, and all dying glorified to your losing life. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to of God which passes all our understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.